Welcome to Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and welcome to today's podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host. Welcome to our podcast. All right, so today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about understanding the 125% rule versus the 80% rule, uh, or the unwritten rule, we should say, um, that, that breaker manufacturers, for example, will give you guidance on. So we want to talk about that. I had a student contact me and ask me to point out, I guess he was having a debate with somebody, and he pointed out where it says the 80% rule in the National Electrical Code. Uh, you're not going to find the 80% rule because the 80% rule is a reciprocal of the 125% rule. Now, we're familiar with the 125% rule. That's where we follow in 210.19A1 where it says 125% of the continuous load, 100% of the non-continuous. Uh, we're used to that in 215 uh, where it says 125% of the continuous and 100% of the non. And we're familiar with that in 230, I believe, dot 42, that says you take the continuous load at 125 and the non-continuous at 100%. Um, we've had that hammered in our head forever. Um, and I will tell you that the reciprocal of 125 is 80%. So depending on which math you're doing and where you're starting and what kind of things are given to you, I can use 80% to solve the equation or 125 to solve the equation. Now, in the code, when it talks about the branch circuits and loads, it's assuming that you take your circuit or your load. If it says something's considered a continuous load, it's talking about the circuit. So it assumes that you know the amount of amps that's involved, and then you take that value and you do it at 125%, and you go size your conductor, okay? Uh, and in some weird cases, you might know the conductor size on an exam, and they don't tell you anything but that, and you need to know what the continuous load is for that value. So they want to know what's the continuous load, maximum continuous load, if you have a conductor size. So then if we know the size of the conductor, then we can go the other way, and we can use the 80%. So it really is not a written rule with the 80, as long as you understand that the... Um, the 125 for continuous loads are either going to be stated in the code specifically in a specific article or it's going to be an application where it's uh, out of sight, out of mind situation. Whereas you got uh, lighting in a commercial building and you know that that loads are going to be on for three hours or more. Uh, you got signs that are going to be on at night with lighting. It's three hours or more. Any of those applications where it's uh, three hours or more, it's a continuous load. And so continuous loads are sized at 125%. So the code tells us that. Um, so when understanding this concept, everybody goes hunting for the holy grail of 80%. And what I tell people is, you know, circuit breakers equipment have limitations. And most all of them have terminal limitations. And we did a video on this called Derating Demystified where I explained 110.14C1A and B, which basically says 100 amps or less or from 14 to 1 gauge, uh, you start at the 60 degree column. And of course, you have some rules that say, well, if the insulation has a higher rating and all the terminals are rating higher, then I can use that. But you start out, if you know nothing, 
that you know that if it's one gauge or less down to 14 or it's 100 amps or less that you're going to be firmly planted in the 60 degree column of 31015B16 for ampacity, okay? That's a given. If it's going to be 110.14C1B and you're dealing with over 100 amps, okay? And you're dealing with larger than one gauge, you know, over one gauge or two gauge and larger, um Oh, excuse me, not two gauge and larger. Well, excuse me, one aught and larger. See how that can screw you? Uh, you're dealing with that scenario, then you'll be firmly planted under the 75 degree column. And of course, both of these under 110.14C, 1A and B, both recognize that I could use an insulation of a higher rating. And if all the terminals are rated higher, then I can, you know, forego that rule there and use the values that are in that, uh, under that mutual rating. Um, in other words, a terminal is rated 75 and the wire is rated 75. Even though it's falling, conductors are smaller than one gauge, I don't have to stick to the 60-degree column. I can go use the 75-degree column because that ampacity value because they're both rated 75 and everything involved in it is rated 75, even if it's conductors smaller than one or it's 100 amps uh, or less. Um, so we do have these rules and we have these different things that build on it. And so just remember that in some cases, those rules might not apply, like for non-metallic sheath cable. Non-metallic sheath cable, NMB, uh, it's limited to 60 degree by the actual code article. Now, it does allow you to use the 90 degree value of insulation to do adjustment and corrections under 31015B2A and 3A. That's ambient temperature and the number of current carrying conductors because we know that the more conductors you put together, they generate mutual heat and heat's a detriment to ampacity. Okay, so that takes me into understanding table 31015B16 a little bit. So the ampacities that are in this table are based on the condition of use for this table. Okay, so what that means is take a one gauge. A one gauge under the 75 degree column, uh, copper, is good for 130 amperes. I could run 130 amperes through a, a one gauge copper conductor uh, and not exceed the 75 degrees C rating indefinitely as long as the ambient temperature is 30 degrees C, 86 degrees Fahrenheit, and I don't have more than three current carrying conductors, okay, in a raceway, cable, or earth, all right, direct bearing. I'm perfectly acceptable. That That is the temperature, or that's the current that I can maintain, and it would not rise to violate the insulation's thermal rating, which is 75 degrees C in this example. But... Conditions of use in the real world always change this table. So this table is where we start understanding that in the real world, it's not everything is 30 degrees C or 86 degrees Fahrenheit. It's are going to have occasions where it's more than three current current conductors. So this is where we always start, but it doesn't necessarily mean what that conductor would be good for in ampacity terms after we apply adjustment and corrections. Uh, to find out more about that, go watch the video on Derating Demystified. Just go to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash master the NEC and just scroll down. You'll see the one that's rated Derating Demystified uh, and watch that video because that explains a whole lot of the basics of sizing and, and selection of overcurrent devices and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of brings you up to speed if you're new to this type of thing. And some people are more visual, so they want to see something versus hear it on a podcast. So that's that's one way to go. All right, so let's kind of get back into this thing here. So um, if looking at 31015 
B16, which incidentally in a 2020 code goes back to 31016 in case you didn't know. Um, all these tables change. and the, In fact, the whole chapter changes for 310, or the uh, article 310 totally gets uh, redone. Again, didn't lose anything, just gets written in a more logical format. I think it's easier to follow. All right, so let's kind of talk more about this 125% versus 80%. Now, let's stay with that one gauge uh, and do it that way. Uh, so if I wanted to know, I have a one gauge, and I want to know what is the, under condition of use, Somewhere in the code, it says that, the, that they have a certain value, I have a, a certain load, and this load is indeed a continuous load, whether the code tells me or I know it's going to be on for three hours or more. So let's say that it's a 105 amperes of continuous load. It's going to be on three hours or more, or again, anywhere in the National Electrical Code, like a water heater, for example, for the branch circuit, where it says that it's to be treated as a continuous load, Okay. All right, anywhere in here that we know this, then I'm going to have to apply 125%. But I got to know what the load is first. So that's the first thing I like to tell people. If I have 105 amps and it's designated as a continuous load, it doesn't change the fact that it's the load itself is 105 amps. Just because we label it as a continuous load and we throw that extra 25% fudge factor on there, um, it doesn't change the load itself. It is still 105 amperes. Okay? So, because of some type of condition of use or because the code tells us one thing, and depending on whether we know the load we're working with or we have a wire size that's already given to us on an exam and now they want to tell, say what is the maximum continuous load that you can put on this conductor. Then you can use these formulas, 80%. And 125% to be able to work this out. All right, so let's work this out. So I said I had 105 amperes of, and, and the load was designated as a continuous load. So I did 105, and I follow the rules to say it's a branch circuit. We're following 210.19A1. I take 105 times 1.25 because it is designated as a continuous load. And that's 131.25 amperes, okay? So that is my load. So logically, I'm at this point... If I'm just talking conductors, I'm going to go to 31015B16 to make sure that I select a conductor that can handle 131.25 amperes. All right? So when I go to the table, and again, my limitations will be terminals, 75 degrees C. Uh, if I was using 9 degree rated insulation and I needed to have an adjustment and correction, then I could go to the 90 and make those adjustment and corrections as long as I don't exceed the value that's given me under the 75. All we're using the 94 when we do adjustment and corrections is to make sure that after we apply these adjustment and corrections that I have a conductor that can actually handle the actual load after we apply all these adjustment and corrections, okay? We're just testing the conductor, all right? You remember, we got that 90 degree. We got that buffer. We got that extra temperature factor. But because of terminal limitations, we're bound in that column that's equal to the terminal limitations, so I usually teach students is pick your conductor based on the terminal limitations first. Only use the 90 in a case where you have to do adjustment and corrections. And then double check your math to make sure that you're still okay and you don't exceed anything in the 75. But also always start out by picking what you need based on the terminal. It just makes life easier. So let's do this. So I've got 131.25 amps based on we said we had 105 amps of continuous load, whatever that might be. Whatever the load is, I don't know, whatever it is, a motor, it doesn't matter. 
Um, and then I do this and I come over here and I'm looking under 75 degrees C. And I notice that a one aught is good for 150, but a one gauge is good for 130. I'm only 1.25 amps over, but you know what? You are over, so you can't use the one. So I'm going to use a one aught. Now, one aught's good for 150 amperes. We did our math this way. So we know that we're good enough when it comes to the conductor to meet the continuous load. And that's why we use the 125. Now, let's do it the other way. What if I had an exam and I had the same 205 amps, but I'm given a question and it gives me the conductor. And what if it says it's a one gauge because that's good at 130. And it says, what is the maximum continuous load for this one gauge copper conductor? Well, in that case, I'm coming right here to 31015B16. I go to the one gauge and it's 130 amps. So this is when I can use the 80% because it is a reciprocal of the 125. So I take here and I go 130 times 80%. And that gives me 104 amperes. Well, I can have 104 amperes of continuous load on this conductor and not violate, violate the other rule in the code that says you take the load as a continuous load and that's how you size the conductor. Well, in our case, we just did, we said that we had 105 amps of continuous load. Can I put 105 amps of continuous load on a 104 amp rated conductor? Uh, absolutely not because of the rules. So I've got to jump up to a one aught. So let's test that one aught, even though it should be a no brainer here. 150 times 80% is 120. So I could put up to as much of 120 amperes on a one aught under the 75 degree C column, and I won't exceed, okay, the requirements of the code where it says. Now, remember something. The actual load itself is still the 105 amps, okay? So if I had no other limitations in the code, I had nothing in the code that was telling me to do it at 125%, I had none of that, then I could look at this table and I could use a 2 gauge, which is good for 115 amps, Okay. The only problem is you have to size conductors and circuits based on what the code tells you to do. So if I have a certain given load, and I know this load, and this load is a continuous load, the code is going to tell you to size that conductor at 125% of that continuous load. So that's how you select conductors. Here, the table in 31015B16 is just your baseline. This is kind of the, the place where you hinge everything on but you have all these other rules that are going to require you to use things like 125% of continuous load. Now, we use the 80% also in other areas too. So let's shift gears and talk about how most of the manufacturers under 1103B for like circuit breakers who have limitations want you to use it. Now, it kind of works the same, but let's look at it this way. So I have a circuit breaker. A circuit breaker is, standard circuit breaker is typically going to be limited to 80% of its rating for continuous loads. It is, you can, can you get a circuit breaker that's rated 100%? Absolutely. And many of the rules in 210.19A1, 215.3A, I believe, and 230.42, all of those have some kind of allowance in there that says, you know what? If the breaker is rated for 100%, then you don't have to worry about the extra 25%. You take it at 100%, and that breaker can handle 100% of what its rating is. I mean, we, there are out there, they cost a little more. But they're available. But most standard breakers are going to be limited to 80% for a continuous load. As far as non-continuous loads, 
that breaker can handle exactly what it's rated for. Okay? Load it up. 20 amp breaker can handle 20 amps if it's not a continuous load. If it is a continuous load, they can only handle 80% of that. And you have to figure that out by taking the rating of the breaker, doing it at 80%, and now you'll see the maximum load continuously that you can put on it. And then you select the conductor and you make sure by doing the math we just did that I have a conductor based on whatever the load is, is sized at 125%. So they kind of work together how you do it. So and if I don't know that, um, that's how you do it from the breaker back. Uh, now, incidentally, if I have a conductor and I size it at 125% and then I choose a breaker, and of course, if it doesn't correspond, then 240.4B tells me, as long as it's not over 800 amps, that if it doesn't correspond and I don't meet any of those restrictive caveats that are in 240.4B, then I can go to the next size up as long as I don't exceed it. In other words, if a, if a breaker's not available at whatever the calculation comes out at, then I can go to the next size. So in our case here, we did the 105 amps just to do that. We did the 105 amps and we did, uh, what was it? 105 continuous times uh, 1.25 and that's 131. Okay, so if there isn't a 131 breaker available. In fact, there's a 125. But the rules in 240.4B say I can go to the next size as long as I don't exceed it. So in this case, I go up to 150, okay? Now, one of the things to remember is you still can't exceed the actual uh, rating of the conductor, okay? You can't, you can't, the load can't exceed the rating. But with the breaker, I'm allowed to go up to the next size. So in this case, you have a, a conductor that's terminated onto a 150 amp breaker. And the continuous load was 105 amps, and the conductor size in our case was a one aught, which incidentally is still good under 31015B16 for 150 amps. Okay, so you see how they kind of all works out in how you do the 80% versus the 20. It depends on what you know and what your question is, and I and I really gear students sometimes to not overthink this uh, and make it more complicated than it needs to be. Look at the question. Define it out and determine, is the question asking me what the maximum continuous load is, yet it gives me a conductor? Uh, or does it give me a breaker and tell me what is the maximum continuous load for a, a 20 amp breaker, for example? Then I know that I can take that 28, uh, 20 amp breaker times 80%, and I know that 16 amps is the maximum continuous load that I could put on that breaker. Okay. Um, so, and then conversely, I can look and see, well, what is my load? If it's 16 amps of continuous load, I do that times 1.25 and it's 20. So see how it works out? It all works the same way. Now, depending on what the question asks is how you can use it. Again, if I'm given a conduct, if I'm giving a load, that's a certain, if it's 16 amps, for example, and I says, take it as a continuous load, then I know that I take the 16 times uh, 125% and that's 20 amperes okay and then I size a conductor accordingly for that uh, and so once I size that then I'm just simply going to size the breaker because again 80 and 125 are reciprocals so it should take care of itself uh, the only time that that becomes uh, different is if everything's rated at 100% the breakers are rated at 100% uh, then I can take the ampacity of the conductor at 100% 
of its rating, as long as none of my other conditions of use can come into factor. But if it's a 20 amp breaker and it's rated for 100%, then it can take 20 amps. Same with a 30, same with a 100. Um, if you, you know, happen to get one of those circuit breakers, for example, that are, that are rated for that. Uh, other than that, you do have limitations you have to be aware of. So that's the kind of thing we wanted, wanted to talk about. So you now, if that had been 104 amps of continuous load, then we would have been okay. We could have gone 104, and that's what the question asks us. And I do it times well, 1.25, and that's 130 amps. So if I go to pick a conductor, that would have been right there at that one gauge, which is good for 130 amps, and we're fine. Now I choose that, I breaker, all right? And for this case, 130 amps, a breaker doesn't correspond, so I'm able to go to the next size, and that takes me up to a 150, okay? Uh, so those are all the type of things. And of course, then if I'm at that 150 and I want to know what the maximum continuous load that I can place on it, I take the 150 times 80% and we know that we can go up to 120 amps uh, of continuous load on a 150 amp breaker. Okay, But you just got to know each of the variables, whether I'm sizing the wire to handle the load or the overcurrent. Everything has this either 125% if you're working up, I like to say, and then if you already know your value and you need to work down, you use the 80%, okay? The 125 pushes you up, the 80% brings you back down is kind of the scenario. All right, so hopefully that answered the question that the gentleman had. You are not going to find the 80% rule written in here. You just learn that and understand that a 110.3b has manufacturer's limitations that you, look, being an electrician is not the easiest job in the world. Again, I've trained thousands of people and tried to keep things as simple as possible uh, because this is not the easiest profession. I tell you what, it is a challenging profession. I love it. Uh, I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, uh, so, you know, take pride in it. Do the best job you can. Help as many people as you can. You know, this isn't the kind of thing where you keep it secret. This is not like trade secret stuff, you know. Always learn and hone your craft and be willing to help other people. That's the key. Be willing to share your knowledge with other people and help them grow. Uh, there's nothing special to what we do. Okay, I, People send me stuff all the time. And I look, I go, dude, I'm, I'm just an electrician just like you. Uh, I love what I do. I miss the days where I was in the field bending pipe and, and pulling wire and, and thinking how to lay out a circuit and and taking pride in my work. I love to see the pictures on LinkedIn. Uh, if you're not connected with me on LinkedIn, get connected with me. Just go to LinkedIn and look for Paul Abernathy. You will recognize me. Um, and let's connect. Uh, I only connect with people in the electrical industry on there. I don't deal with reps and I just don't deal with any of that. I only electrically oriented. I have over 12,000 contacts and they generally have something to do with the electrical industry. Um, Visit and uh, share our websites, masterthenec.com. Uh, we have uh, five programs, a four-year uh, program uh, where you learn residential, commercial, grounding and bonding in, in extreme detail, let me tell you what. And then you've got the um, Fast Tracks program to help prepare you for any major exams. And, of course, we have the code questions as well. All of those help support our program. They're not the cheapest in the world, but we like to think you get a year access. You get access to me. Um, you get a lot of uh, material that would be exclusive, and uh, you get a lot of tests, a lot of exams, a lot of quizzes, and that's the key to me 
is testing your knowledge on a regular basis. The only way you get better is to test yourself, push yourself. Don't sit on your laurels. Don't think, yeah, I know how to do that. I'll finish it tomorrow. Finish it today. I am bad about procrastinating as well. I get it. But when it comes to learning this trade, really work hard at it. Take the pride in what you do. And, um, you know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening to the podcast and hopefully you get something out of it. So uh, hopefully that cleared it up a little bit about the 80% and the 125%. If I still have uh, students with questions, you can always email me. Uh, Don't take what I say for gospel. Learn it yourself. There's a lot of great instructors out there. Um, A lot of great ones out there. Charles Miller, Phil Simmons, Ryan Jackson. Uh, There's just a a ton ton of them out there who are uh, real knowledgeable that can also help you. Um, also a belie- I'm also not a person that believes in, in, in being the only resource. Now, you don't like me. You don't like what I say. You don't like my voice. For some reason, you've determined you hate me. That's fine. But go to somebody and learn, okay? There's a lot of good educators out there, uh, and you can learn a lot from them. And uh, we should be all working together, even though we all have bills to pay, and we all deliver our product in a different way. Uh, and that's good. That's healthy. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but make sure you connect up with a good instructor. Uh, and uh, if you don't feel I'm a good instructor, then don't don't listen to the podcast. I mean, you have that right. And, and, and I wouldn't blame you if you felt that way. So, if you know, if that's how you feel, then that's how you feel. Far be it for me to take away your feelings. So, uh, if you like, well, share it with people. Let other people know about it. Okay? All right. So, till next time, folks, stay safe and God bless. Every day the future's looking bright Every day is another beginning